Welcome to Speaking of Strong Style, where we discuss the news, issues, and events surrounding New Japan Pro Wrestling. I'm Stephen Conway. With me, of course, is Jeremy Finestone. We're contributors to the Fight Game Media Network. It is Fantastica Mania Week. We are in the spirit, feeling good. I'm wearing my mask here. This is uh, right here from Mexico. It's an octagon mask, a classic guy there from uh, Mexican wrestling. And uh, I, I believe we're sporting a Magneto. <laughs> Magneto! Well, All number right. one, we have X-Men 97 coming next month, which is the sure. return of, uh, <laughs> there we go, it's the return of the animated series from the 90s, and I'm super excited, and you were going <laughs> to pull off this hat, and I was like, oh, I got a reason for the Magneto helmet. So uh, I'm super excited. Uh, I'm also excited for Fantastic Mania, and for whatever comments from the uh, from the peanut gallery that we have today. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Welcome Hello, to Fight Game yeah. Media. I'm yeah, we're glad you're here. Steven. Glad you're here. No, I, I'm in the spirit. It, it's one of those things where I, I'm a big CMLL fan. I, I really do enjoy uh, the product. I think they've got something uh, really good going over there, and they are on a hot streak. We're going to talk a little bit more about them because there's a big event coming that's New Japan adjacent. But the uh, it, it always seems nice. Whenever I go down to Mexico, I tend to buy a Lucha Libre mask from uh, a souvenir. That's my souvenir from Mexico each time. And, of course, uh, there you have to watch out. There's some sketchy. It's funny. When you go to these tourist areas, Cozumel or Cancun, you have to be very careful because they say, oh, yeah, we have Lucha Libre masks. And then it's a whole bunch of things like with the New Orleans Saints and now Atlanta Falcons logos on them, you know, like the NFL, <laughs> so that you can wear them in the crowd at, uh, at NFL games or something. And I'll start naming off wrestlers and I'll often get just a blank look and they'll have to just call somebody in the back who actually knows who the hell I'm talking about. So it's like, <laughs> oh, like, oh, uh, the, you know, and like I said, uh, one time I asked for a Mystico mask and the guy points to one with an M on it. And I said, ah, mil mascaras. And so I said, I told him in Spanish, I speak a little bit of Spanish, uh, that, you know, no, I actually know who the guys are. So if you have one like the Atlantis or uh, I was looking for Viano Tercera, Viano Tercera and things. And so, uh, the, you know, they, they kind of fumble over themselves just kind of, oh, OK, this isn't some dumb drunk american that wants a dallas cowboy lucha hood you know it's like yeah <laughs> i hope the real authentic deal here <laughs> yeah so this this one's octagon uh octagon there so uh but uh, I, cool. I, I, i'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna admit I'm, I'm gonna get myself past like that one day i don't have any whatsoever i got a couple of helmets back there uh got, got title belt you know it's like to mm -hmm. play around with the comic stuff i'm a kind of a nerd like that but uh yeah so you're probably not going to be able to wear that mask for too much longer. So I'll take over the uh, the gig real quick <laughs> while you re regain yourself, and yeah, I'll if, do the little spiel about Fight Game Media. If I want so to read my yeah, if I want to read my notes, I have to take this thing off because I'm useless without my glasses. So I'll do so now, and I'll go ahead with your thing, and I'll be right back. So we are part of Fight Game Media. Uh, we are a conglomerate of video and audio. You can find our podcasts when you search Fight Game Media everywhere, including podcasts, The Rap, The Boom, The Dynamite Show, The Five Star Joshi Show, and extras from uh, Garrett Gonzalez. In addition to that, we have video shows here, uh, Speaking of Strong Style, The Dynamite Show, and Power Bombshell. Power Bombshell recently had a, uh, a great segment on Rochelle Rose and mm -hmm. Reality of Wrestling with Booker T., I highly recommend you take time out of your day to check out that segment on our YouTube channel. It's uh, it talks about stalking and and power imbalances and being able to speak out for your own safety in wrestling. So make sure you do that. And uh, I'm going to give it back to Stephen while I take care of my helmet. 
I'm glad you mentioned that segment that Power Bombshells did right there. It's, it's two voices that we need in wrestling to talk about these things that, because it's just a, a subject that uh, we mentioned it last week when we were talking about uh, some other issues. Just like sometimes two, you know, cis white guys aren't necessarily the best <laughs> best one. Uh, you got plenty of that. You got plenty of that. But uh, right. Sam and Mel bring a new perspective to it that's very healthy to the business, and uh, it's it's very healthy to listen to there uh, and, and to get that to get that angle on it. So uh, definitely recommend uh, hearing that because it is a a pretty uh, scary issue, and I'm sure that the, it's something that has come up many more times in wrestling than we've ever heard about, unfortunately. And it's uh, sometimes it's just these cases that come out that get the attention, but I'm sure it's an issue that's been uh, going and probably continues. So uh, something, yeah, something important. That you need to keep quiet lest you make somebody look bad. Uh, it's far too common. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that's not needed. So uh, hopefully we're on the way toward uh, shining some light on some things that have been in the dark too long. All that's right. Not fantastic at all, but you know what is? It's fantastic mania. You know that we just came off that in very interesting new beginning in Osaka. It was a good show, but it was at the same time I mentioned I, I put those words poignant, violent, emotional all at once. It was it was a big mix of things there. And then coming off that the very next day, the stars of Lucha Libre uh, hit Osaka and they ran two straight shows in Osaka, one of which was on NJPW World and it's a very abrupt tone shift and i it works though after new beginning osaka was a heavy show to watch whether it was the hardcore steel cage match or the tearful goodbyes of will osprey and okada to the stuff about goto's father fantastic mania is all about having fun and it, mm -hmm. it is a very loose atmosphere you can see that the wrestlers are in a more loose mood a little more playful than we would get. Uh, and, and there are some guys who are already playful who turn that up to 11, but some people who aren't necessarily always uh, yucking it up out there are also having fun at Fantastica Mania. So it, it was a real abrupt tone and it was in the yeah, same well, building. <laughs> well, yeah, well, Eddie on arena. Okay. There's the Osaka prefectural gym, which we see all the time. That's the, just mm -hmm. the big box building that looks like uh, they probably fold up the basketball goals and put up a ring. Uh, which is basically what that is, a little prefectural gym. It's in the same complex as Edion Arena. So that show, that New Beginning show, that was all tears and blood and, and all that, it was in the same building as this kind of a playful thing the next day. It was it was an interesting little uh, little contrast there. And, uh, yeah, yeah we, well, we got both versions of uh, New Japan uh, with that. So uh, Fantasticamania began on, uh, the, uh, on the Monday there. That was uh, February 12th. And... Let's go over it. What do you say? We just take a look at it? Yeah, I mean, it. this isn't going to take very long. Is, is basically <laughs> is the name of the game here because this is all just light, fast, happening, uh, consequential but inconsequential. Uh, you kind of, you kind of, you know, underlined it. It was a palate, it's a palate cleanser program in the middle of, New beginnings. We're jumping right back into new beginnings in a couple weeks. We got the Nick Nemeth match. We got the Matt Riddle match. We got the hair match. We got the title match. We got multiple title matches. And uh, the Okada goodbye. And so right now, it's just kind of like, here, guys, let's, let's have a party. And we're having a party. <laughs> Including some things that I did not understand whatsoever. And I was ready to commit capital crimes. <laughs> 
<laughs> wow. Okay. So uh, with that in mind, I'm looking forward to hearing what that is. Uh, but what we had was a uh, show also that set up a few things down the road. So there are little mini subplots to Fantastica Mania that come back uh, as they finish the shows up over this coming weekend, much of which we will get to see on NJPW World. So uh, this one, uh, Osaka Prefectural Gym number two, 963, uh, 963 was the attendance. So pretty good, pretty good crowd for this. Uh, Edion Arena, by the way, the building where they're in, that's where they do the Osaka Sumo Tournament. So it's it's almost like the Sumo Hall of Osaka. That's where uh, that takes place. It was a pretty important building. It's interesting because uh, New Japan also runs Osaka Joe Hall, often for Dominion, and that's a 16,000-seater. Uh, but it's Edion Arena there uh, that uh, houses the Osaka uh, Sumo Tournament. So it's it's a pretty important building there. It's all part of the same complex. In this one, we opened up with a tag team match between Doki <laughs> and Defunto uh, against Bone Soldier Jr. That is Taiji Ishimori in a in a getup, a little costume there, and a ghetto. So uh, you had a, a getup and ghetto as uh, one team. Uh, they uh, lost that one. Ghetto uh, succumbed to the Doki Choki. Uh, Doki and Ishimori did some really good lucha in this one. It was overshadowed Elizabeth by uh, a little bit. Elizabeth overshadowed a little bit by a uh, if he's the bone soldier, uh, he made a bonehead move and uh, made a gesture that we don't need in the world anymore. Uh, as he, I guess, he tried to get himself over as a heel. Yeah, uh, we kind of need to jump on that a little bit, but we'll get to that. <laughs> anyway, that was before the match even started. But Doki and Ishimori did some good Lucha Libre in this one. You can tell that Doki enjoys getting back into this. Of course, he spent years in the Japanese, mm-hmm. uh, on the Mexican independence before becoming uh, a New Japan wrestler in the Mexican uh, company. So he has a long history with uh, Lucha Libre. And of course, Ishimori can do just about everything. And uh, like I mentioned, Doki Joki finish on Ghetto uh, Defunto. This is, I believe, his first tour, his first Fantastica Mania, first time in Japan. And uh, he, you can tell that he's there to kind of take falls, get his feet wet. They're, they always try to bring over someone fairly early in their career just to give them the experience, I guess. And I think uh, Defunto is one of the guys this year in that category. Yeah, getting a little bit, getting a little bit of the shot there. So we had our show on Monday, and we yeah. were asked about uh the the militant gesture that reminded you of world war ii in the very very bad way right and we were asked about it and frankly we haven't seen it yet uh i think i had heard about it after and i'd kind of forgotten about it until steven had mentioned it and it got brought up like oh oh yes and then i saw it and the best i can say is it was incredibly dumb judgment I don't expect New Japan to apologize for the error in judgment. I really don't. They should, but I think they're just going to ignore it and move on and just like try to kind of not bring any more attention to it. That's mm-hmm. kind of my take from it because I think the output, the outpouring, and there were people there that speak English that can pretty much say, hey, don't do that again. And yeah. so uh, I, think, I think it's probably going to get nipped in the bud but it was absolutely uh, inappropriate, wrong place, wrong time, bad judgment. Fair enough, but uh, hopefully we won't see it again. We'll find out more as we see uh, Bone Soldier Jr. more on this tour. After that, they followed it up with a lightning match. That is called a relampago match, uh, relampago for lightning in Spanish. And that means it's uh, simply kind of a, the version of a high-speed match. It's a 10-minute time limit, one-on-one, and uh, it was Tiger Mask against Magnus. Now, Magnus... 
decided to go with a black tiger motif. Uh, he had gear that looked like black tiger. He worked like he was black tiger. He tugged at tiger masks mask during the match, taunted him whenever he was, you know, very heelish black tigerish type of working style. Uh, tiger mask was working a little harder than he usually does in this one. He hit a crossbody from the top to the floor. Not that he doesn't work hard, but he doesn't take a lot of risks anymore. Like he did when he was younger, which you understand he's been, uh, you know, I think he's in his fifties now. He, but he did hit, get a butterfly suplex from the top on this one. So he was uh, feeling his Wheaties there. He was really working hard, hit a tiger driver at the bell. Uh, but it was indeed a time limit draw 10 minutes. And, uh, Magnus, Attacked him afterwards and swiped the mask, pulled the mask off of Tiger Mask. So he, he was doing everything he could to be uh, his version of the original Black Tiger. Of course, uh, Mark Rollerball, Rocco. Other Black Tigers include Eddie Guerrero and Rocky Romero. So a lot to live up to there. But I thought he did a he was a good job being a heel for Tiger Mask. Yeah, there was definitely a lot of uh, a lot of similarities and uh, mention made about Black Tiger in this. So. Uh, the links were there. It was a good match. Time moment draw. They're definitely coming back to it. We had an eight-man tag match after that, and it was LIJ. Uh, now, LIJ was made up of Bushi, Tetsuya Naito, Titan, uh, of course, back over for this one, and Kamai Tachi. Now, we <laughs> wondered what we wondered what Kamai Tachi was going to be. And mm. as it turns out, it's just Hiromu Takahashi again. However, he does have a new suit. It is a it is one that completely covers his body from neck to boots, everything. No, no skin uh, left. The only thing is he still has his uh, purple hair sticking out the, the mask. So not too hard to figure out who Kamai Tachi is. Uh, and uh, they faced uh, Briante Jr., El Desperado, Ryusuke Taguchi and Stigma. And that one went uh, 12 minutes and 50 seconds. So this was mostly comedy. It was fine. Uh, I enjoyed some of it. Uh, Taguchi. Taguchi was, uh, you know, ever since Nakamura left, he kind of does the bummer yay instead of the bomaye. So instead of the running knees that uh, Nakamura used to do, he does the hip attack with it. He he does a couple of things where the where he grabbed the rope and lean all the way back like Nakamura used to do. Well, now he's taking on some Okada mannerisms, such as doing the Rainmaker pose and trying a Rainmaker. And it went about as well as you would think. He got rolled up and pinned when he couldn't hit the Rainmaker. I guess that is uh, so what the lesson is supposed to be there for him. But this was mostly a comedy match. And uh, for me, Jeremy, the most amusing part of it was the members of LIJ picking on Hiromu by uh, snatching little bits of the red fur off of the uh, Kamai Not Tachi just Tachi. them, all everybody. <laughs> I think everybody tried to, yes. I mean, they, he didn't realize it until he, they had gotten a couple of, uh, of uh, pinches off of it uh, from uh, his own crew there. So, yeah, Kamai Tachi is... Uh, uh, that that was his character when he was on excursion. When Hiromu was on excursion to CMLL, he was Kamai Tachi. Uh, he lost his mask in uh, Mexico, but uh, that that those rules uh, don't totally apply to Japan. So it, this is a wink and a nod. Everyone in the world knows it's Hiromu under there. He knows we know. And in post match comments, he comes on as Hiromu, acting as Kamai Tachi's manager. So uh, th- again. Or a little looser atmosphere in Fantastic Mania. It's more about fun than uh, he, he also looks like Salt Bay, the guy that does the he does the, he really does the, uh, the salt on the over exaggerated <laughs> salt yep. drops uh, oh. with the glasses and everything. It's pretty obnoxious. Much you know less, much obnoxious? less of a, much less of a douchebag than the Salt Bay is. Though. True. You know what else is obnoxious though? Mm-hmm. Was figuring out what the hell was going on during the Kamaya Tachi entrance. When instead of the music that they use, 
And I, I, I think they've done this before, and yeah. I've forgotten about it, is that Hiromu beatboxed his own entrance yes, into the stadium, and it wasn't good. It was <laughs> awful beatboxing. It what? ended with him burping every 45, 50 seconds. And coughing, and don't forget. He would, he, would, he would trash his throat and cough through it as well. He would... Yes, it was the worst. So we're having an overdub of this with Walker Stewart somewhat talking in a muted voice, and we're watching everything happening in the ring. And if you've never seen it before, you're absolutely confused. I They did it before the match, and they did it after the match. And then I realized what happened, and I made my peace with it. But at the time, anger and hate. <laughs> the, that there is uh you can find that music the actual music that they play over the uh loudspeaker for whatever reason they don't have the rights to play that music outside of japan so we can't hear it on njpw world so what he did he just basically beatboxed it there but if anyone is going to get a scratchy voice cough and and have to go off that's he's taking my gimmick jeremy i'm a little I offended mean... by that that's my You'll job. Never be beat in the quality of work that you do when you do it, but you can try. <laughs> so anyway, that's what they're doing. So, but the problem was that music played for ten minutes after this match, so it was yes. a lot of, of beatboxing. <laughs> we had a conversation about this because you hadn't watched it yet, and I warned you about it. Yeah, and audience, the response that I got from Stephen Conway was, "Oh no." That is perfect. They can never replace that. That's and right. in my That's... mind, I'm like, okay, yeah. Now, right. now look, to Togi Makabe comes out to Led Zeppelin, and they can't play sure. that. And so I want to hear Togi Makabe do beatbox Led Zeppelin on it for his music now. That's all I'm asking. I don't think it's too much. So the six matches on this show, the first three <laughs> matches took up 28 minutes. Of yeah, we were moving. <laughs> It was a short show. It was it was Absolutely. a really short show, actually. Uh, and, and actually, that fits in with CMLL as well. If you watch their Friday night shows, they can go two hours in and out, five matches. We're good. So uh, not they aren't the marathons sometimes that New Japan. We may end up being a short show, too. <laughs> Could be here today. Oh, we're almost 20 minutes in. We're doing fine. Yeah. After that, we had a six-man tag. Now, this is the reappearance of uh, Shago Okamura, who is back in Japan. He's spent most of his career in Mexico, and uh, he, he's back here. They brought in Strong Machine J again. We have seen him from other promotions, Frontier Zones type of stuff. And uh, Yo, they teamed up on one side against Dark Panther, Pegaso, and the Super Kokeshi Machine. That would be a, uh, that we're pretty sure that's Tomowaki Hanma. I'm feeling good about that guess there, with, between, the, yeah. between the voice and the working style. So he's in a little bit of a lucha gig. Uh, Mima Shimoda, a former All Japan women's wrestler, uh, and a, a good one at that. Mima Shimoda was a terrific wrestler. She's married to Okamura. So she always comes out with him, and she gets a few spots in each year. This time she hit a senton on Honma. Always gets involved in some way or the other. And, uh, of course, you know, between Okamura and uh, Kokeshi Machine and things, there's some there's some age involved in this match and some injuries and things. So uh, not everybody is is spry, but uh, overall they know how to work. And this was just fine. Uh, Panther and Pegaso did some flying in it, but they saved most of that stuff for the later matches. Uh, Okamura ended up hitting a cutter to beat Pegaso, and we found out in comments, Jeremy, that 
Okamura uh, had the mayor of his hometown there in attendance, and he is the sports ambassador, an honorary position for his hometown. So fun night for him. He got the victory. The mayor was there. He's a sports ambassador for his town. Uh, all, all around a happy night for uh, a guy who only gets to visit Japan uh, between uh, Mexican appearances. I feel like I've seen more Okamura in the last couple weeks between this and the MLW seconding of him with Satoshi Kojima and Alex Kane that I've seen in a very, very long time, if at all. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of Okamura in my life lately. <laughs> He's been a long time Rudo in Japan, or in Mexico, right. rather. And I mentioned before, he basically went off an excursion and didn't come back. He just liked it there. They liked him. They just kept booking him, and he's he didn't come back. But uh, Wato was a member of his group when Wato mm -hmm. was on excursion, when he was Wato-san. Uh, but, uh, you know, that is just kind of a guy they put some of the... the uh, guys on excursion when they go over there they put him with okamura you can show him around he knows the he's uh part, he's part of the web of new japan around the world that they yeah. kind of like ship guys off to. makes sense yeah sure and it's nice to see him every once in a while so but he is he is getting up there in age so you're not going to expect the mat the quality of matches from him is similar to things like honma although homa was mostly due to his injury but you know guys like makabe tanahashi a little too beat up to have five star matches or anything but you know there he is we can be honest. There were a lot of guys taking the night off on the on the show. <laughs> yeah, but I mean that that and that's fine. Now the next match saw a sharp increase in skill level. So yes, I'm ready to do ready to do these six names. We had Hechicero, Rocky Romero, and Soberano Jr. facing Atlantis Jr., Templario, and Volador Jr. And this one went fourteen thirty six. This was all kinds of fun, but it was a pure lucha match. All six of these guys working regularly in 2023 and, and before, but Romero had a strong run in 2023 in CMLL. The rest are CMLL regulars. All six are very talented, very well-versed in this style, a lot of fun. A Lucha Libre match, a trios match in Lucha Libre, follows about the same kind of patterns here. Uh, you get some tumbling early, and what I mean by tumbling is – because Lucha Libre came up in boxing rings in Mexico. Right. Uh, they don't have as many, not none, but fewer flat back bumps. They tend to do a lot of things like uh, like the Tejeras, which allow you to do a rolling bump, you know, the, the head scissors. You get things like, uh, you know, monkey flips and things, but the, the arm drags and all that so that you have a reason to do rolling bumps instead of flat backs. And uh, there's a lot of tumbling early in the match. You'll see, you know, the baby face is mostly getting over on that, uh, climbing, climbing the ropes, coming off with arm drags and things like that. Then there's a period of selling for a while. And then as things build up, that's when you start to get the flying. That's when you start to get the things like the vaulting off the ropes and into the crowd and, and all the moon salts and sky twister presses and things. And it starts to get very, very interesting because those guys are very, very good at the flying. And this one worked that standard structure, and these guys are very smooth. They all work well together. In the end, of course, Rocky, who has been feuding with Volador Jr. for most of the year, uh, got a win with a dude buster, and uh, it continues that feud, which we will revisit later on in the mm -hmm. tour. But this match was terrific, worth going out of your way to watch. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Like you said, there are links to this and New Japan that we should probably make clear if you're joining us for the first time. So... 
Soberano Jr. and Atlantis Jr. were tag team partners in the World Tag League, and Soberano turned on Atlantis at the end of the tour and yeah. turned to Rudo. So now that is picking up here back in New Japan between those two. You mentioned Volador Jr. and Rocky Romero had their feud that went mostly through 2023. And, uh, you know, they both ended up better for it, frankly speaking. And then Templario has been around on the... Uh, has been around on the Fantastic Mania tours uh, as long as I can remember. And then Hechicero made his name recently in the Collision Show with that match against Daniel Bryan. And now he's aiming to have a match with Zack Sabre Jr., uh, much along the same lines that he had with Dan uh, Bryan Danielson. So those are pretty much what you should know about those guys if you are interested in following up further with uh, the CMLL aspect of this. And uh, yeah, again, uh, just a terrific match. And we'll be seeing various combinations of these guys uh, as we go through the tour. Uh, they will uh, mix it up a little bit. Uh, you know, you rarely see the same match twice on one of these tours. So uh, the next, uh, the main event was a six-man tag match with Hiroshi Tanahashi, Mascara Dorada, who has become one of the very top guys in uh, CMLL at a young age, and Mistico, who is one of the legends. So uh, Mistico, of course, uh, formerly, uh, what was he, uh, Caristico before that. And before that, he was uh, uh, in uh, WWE. So that. Uh, yeah. And they faced uh, Francisco Akira, Stuka Jr., and Ultimo Guerrero. Ultimo Guerrero, one of the all-time legends as well. And Akira, who had recovered enough from that brutal cage match to work this and then go back to his Rudo style a little here. So he was with Stuka Jr. and Ultimo. Tanahashi uh, was feeling playful. He came out with his face painted to say Presidente <laughs> across it, so which, which I did appreciate. And the Guerreros uh, are uh, a terrific team. Uh, he, they hit a press slam off the buckle on Dorada. I just got done saying how they don't do too many flat back pumps, but this is where both Guerreros get up on the middle rope. They press slam Mascara Dorada off of the top turnbuckle to the – it's a long way down. That's a long bump. But when you watch the Guerreros do this, they could not have put him down any safer. Just completely flat back, just perfect. So, uh, you know, they, they, these guys know what they're doing. Stuka is a very thick-built guy. He's burly, but he moves very well. It belies his uh, shape and size there. It's, it's not that he's heavy at all. It's just he's built like a fire hydrant. He's almost like an Ishii type out there. But he moves really well. And uh, Mascara, uh, Mascara Dorada hit a springboard to the top into a Tijeras to Ultimo Guerrero on the floor. That looked very, very cool. And, uh, of course, the barricades are down for Fantastica Mania. They uh, keep that down. And I'll tell you what, if you had a middle first row seat, you probably had a luchador in your lap at least once through this well, show. Well, at least once. At yeah, least. It was, it was a, loose, a loose barrier around the ring. And because it's CMLL, and you know they were jumping – they they don't really have barriers around the ring. They're kind of like it's not as no. I'm sorry. They do, but it's not. It feels like it's pushed back a little bit more because. Of, oh, do you mean in Arena Mexico? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, in Arena Mexico, they have solid barricades like WWE does, but they're seriously 15 feet back from the ring. Right. They have so much space. So you know the uh, the space differences are. They, their their limitations are a little bit different here. <laughs> well, the barricades in Osaka were Shomakato and Murashima. Those were those are the two barricades. Uh, they had to just stand in front of these people and uh, and take the shots and uh, keep uh, the 
keep the guys from just totally wiping out the front row. Although part of the fun is sitting there. It's like Splash Zone at a Gallagher show. Uh, but, uh, yeah, in the end, Dorada hit a shooting star press on Ultimo Guerrero to win. Uh, Mascara Dorada. He's not the first person to wear that that hood and that outfit. And keep in mind, you know, again, the Mexican wrestling culture is very different. CMLL operates differently than other companies do in the sense that if they have a hit act like Mistico and the guy leaves, they'll get another guy to put under the mask, <laughs> the same mask and call the same character. It's, it's a different mindset uh, there. This guy used to be Pantarita del Ring as a, as a, you know, he's already, he's still young, but he started as a teenager. This guy's phenomenal. And he's a really talented guy. And he is a possible heir to the Mystico babyface mode there. And right now the, the crowd is taking to him. He's athletic as hell. He has the charisma. He has that babyface uh, stuff down and taking pictures with the kids and everything else. And you can tell he's learned a lot from Mystico on that. So seeing basically two generations of aces, is almost like the, you know, the Tanahashi Umino thing where we're looking at the future version of this. Uh, and uh, anyway, he's he's worth keeping your eye on anytime you get a chance to see uh, him wrestle. Very, uh, very good. Uh, very fun match. Uh, the shooting star press on Ultimo Guerrero to win for the baby faces. I don't have much to say other than I just had fun watching this show and shout out to Walker Stewart for doing an English uh, translation <laughs> for this show this year. I had, to, I had a hard time with it last year without the uh, English translation while trying to watch it for the show. So he made my life a lot easier this year with uh, him doing the English translation last year. And, you know, it takes a day to shake off the jet lag, really. It's a long trip over to Japan and also to get used to the ring. The ring is built differently in Japan than it is from Mexico. So there were a couple of times when guys would try to jump up to the ropes and they might have to steady themselves a little bit when they don't normally have to in Mexico just because the ring's a little different. That's something that comes out in a day or two. But uh, the last two matches of this show were a lot of fun and definitely worth yes. going out of your way to see. And not terribly long. 1436 for the semifinal, 1453 for the main event. You're in and out in a half an hour and you've seen two really good wrestling matches. Yeah. So I recommend Matt, bell to bell with an hour and 10 minutes. And with all the entrances, you'll probably have another 30 minutes. You could get in and out of the show in two hours if you really wanted to watch the show and get everything, and get all the context out of it. And it was fun, you know, fun but disposable. Sometimes wrestling is good when you can just be like popcorn. Let's, let's have some fun and enjoy ourselves. And that seemed to be what the crowd was doing, too. They seemed to really enjoy it. Now, they were in action the next day on February 13th. Uh, that was Tuesday. And that was also from Osaka. Now, Jeremy, you know I'm a venue nerd, right? I, mm -hmm. I, loved, I love the buildings. This was from the Toa Pharmaceutical Rectab Dome Sub Arena. Okay. Classic building, right? Uh, no, not at all. It's uh, from the uh, Kadoma Sports Center, part of that one. It's a big gym there. And, uh, you know, like I said, I'm a big venue nerd, but I barely heard of this place. And there is record of only one other show uh, being from this building at all. And it was another New Japan show, and it was another house show, like day nine of a Road 2 tour from uh, a couple of years ago. So this is not a commonly used building. Maybe the prefectural gym was booked uh, for Tuesday and they had to go about uh, this was about 20, about a 20 minute drive uh, west, uh, east, uh, northeast of uh, the downtown Osaka for this one. So uh, who I don't knows? I've uh, never heard of this, uh, this arena before. Yeah. I, I, I'm pharmaceutical rack tab. Rack tab dome sub arena. <laughs> nope. Never heard of it. <laughs> I, I'm paying attention to the arena and trying to get better at that when uh, when you do the talk. And I'm like, 
the what? No. Yeah. You no know, wonder it, it, and tell about it. <laughs> it matters to me. I was a sucker. When we would go on vacation, we would drive everywhere instead of flying. And whenever we were going through a city, I would love to get a glance, even if it was just a short look at the baseball stadium or the basketball arena sure. or the football stadium. I was just always fascinated by the buildings in which these events take place. So I, I tend to dive into that probably more than anybody wants to hear, but I, but I enjoy it. So there we go. I was um, about 15 minutes away from a baseball stadium growing up like a major league baseball stadium. And so I hmm. drive past the front of the freeway and it didn't, it didn't occur to me that that wasn't like commonplace for everybody. Yeah. So that makes any sense. What was a candlestick? Uh, no, it was uh, Angel Stadium down in Orange County. Oh, I didn't realize you grew up uh, closer to Anaheim. Okay, all right. Gotcha. Oh yeah, I was uh, I was an Orange County kid. The uh, I one time as Boy Scouts, I rode my bike from the beach to um, to Angel Stadium for a baseball game, and then we got to ride back. We're not. Did you grow up at Disneyland too? Did you go? To uh, Disneyland I spent or? a lot of time at Disneyland growing up. I I, yeah. I, I was an upper middle class kid who was privileged enough to have an annual pass. <laughs> Before oh, they wow. were eight hundred dollars a year. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, but it, but it, for someone that lived there, an annual pass made sense because everyone who visited you yeah. wanted to go, right? I could I I could go after school if I wanted to once that for like the age sixteen to eighteen before I moved away for college. I could just hmm. go after school and just go to Disneyland or whatever I wanted. I think we there were a couple of blackout days, but it was a great deal at the time, you know. Sure. And I went back to Disneyland a couple of years ago, you know, just you know, revisiting everything. Everything changed. It's all, it's all changes every time. So they keep doing uh, that to us, don't they? Don't they know they're supposed to leave everything exactly how we remember it? Uh, yeah, that never happens. <laughs> never does. So anyway, over at the Tawa Pharmaceutical Rectab Dome Subarena, uh, they had another series of matches. Uh, this is not a lot. There's not a lot of canon here, uh, and I feel like if I just read off these results to you, that it would just sound like a big word salad of names. I'll hit a couple of things that's worth mentioning. Uh, uh, this time, the Guerreros and Francesco Akira got the win against Desperado, Mascarada Dorada, and Mistico. So a little bit of a get back there for the heels. Tanahashi this time teamed with Templario and Volador on the the uh, Technico side. Technicos are the baby faces of Japan. Uh, defeating Doki, Rocky Romero, and Soberano Jr. there. So, uh, you know, again, uh, it, these are just kind of quick uh, little little shows here. These are very much house shows, not so much uh, canon there. They were in Takamatsu on uh, Valentine's Day, February the 14th. Oh, uh, what else is interesting about yesterday's show uh, on the 13th? Uh, oh, Musashi's go ahead. What's it? Yes, yes. You're absolutely right. Yeah, Musashi, who was, uh, of course, uh, he's one of the Mishinoko Pro guys that we've yeah. seen a couple times. Yeah. He has right. left that, and I believe this is his first night with New Japan, or at least. Uh, more full-time with New Japan. And you can kind of see that they put him where Master Wano was supposed to be in yeah. a lot of these things. So that kind of gives you an idea what, what their plans might be for him, or at least the general level of what they think of him. Takamatsu, uh, 743 folks showed up for that one. And uh, like you mentioned, he was uh, a part of that team. He was working with Dark Panther and Pegaso against Doki, Magnus, and Okamura. And uh, Doki, Magnus, and Okamura won that one. Uh, we also had uh, the main event was Desperado, Hechicero, and Ultimo Guerrero. So Despe, a little bit on the Rudo side, uh, defeated Atlantis Jr., Hiroshi Tanahashi, and Mistico. So that was that. And we okay, all in a Rudo. <laughs> and, uh, and of course, you know, he, he was, uh, was it Namahage? And when he was in 
when he was in Mexico. Rocky Romero teamed with El Soberano and Stuka, again on the Rudo side, against Mascarada, Do Mascara Dorada. Man, I'm sorry I keep bumbling that. El Templario and Volador. That was the uh, Technico side of that one. And then uh, Kamai Itachi has been on both these shows. This was the LIJ group. They defeated uh, Bolton Oleg, uh, Stigma, uh, Tomawaki Honma, who I'm guessing was Kokushi uh, Machine, and Tiger Mask number four. So that's uh, kind of how that went there in Takamatsu. Good times. I didn't see any of these. I'm taking your <laughs> no, you word can't. for all of it. <laughs> yeah, you can't. They're not on. They're not on. And then uh, we move on to some shows that will be on NJPW World. So Friday, uh, tomorrow, uh, in Nagoya. And uh, here are the top matches in that one. Uh, we have Desperado and Briante Jr. against Naito and Kamai Tachi. I bring that one up just because three of the four people in it are, you know, Hiromu, Naito, and Desperado. Briante is good too, but that should be a pretty good match. We'll have Yo, Tanahashi, and Atlantis Jr. against Musashi, who you mentioned from Mishinoka Pro, Taguchi, and Hechisera. And then they're also doing the first round of a faction tag team tournament. And the semifinals uh, will be in uh, Friday in Nagoya with the finals and the third place match. So the winners and the losers will square off in Chiba on Saturday. So uh, the semifinals, Magnus and Volador Jr. against Pagasso and Stigma. The other one is Bushi and Titan from LIJ against Stuka and Ultimo Guerrero. So you got my, any predictions? Yeah, my hunch is telling me that that's going to be Magnus and Volador over Pagasso and Stigma. I think Volador's a little too big of a star to be knocked out of that one. And uh, I feel like LIJ probably going to get a bit of a push there and get the win over Stuka and Ultimo and uh, go into the finals in Chiba. What do you think? I would not be surprised if the Pegasus team won, but hmm. I think you're right. Volador and Magnus and then Bushi and Teton seems like uh, seems like a solid, solid block on the other side. But I mean, Stuka and Ultimo Guerrero are bona fide stars too. So. Absolutely. Saturday, February 17th in Chiba, they move on. Now, this one had, well, like I mentioned, they will have uh, the two losers of those semifinals will be in a third-place match. Then they'll have the finals as well. We're also going to see a special women's tag uh, featuring two wrestlers from Stardom facing two of the women from CMLL. So we will have Lahara Chita and Yuvia, which I believe is Rain in, uh, in Spanish, against Starlight Kid and Ruaka. So that's going to be February 17th in Chiba. We'll get to see that one. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, Starlight and Ruaka take on some of the CMLL women. Uh, I've been watching the Friday night shows from Arena Mexico, and to say that the women's division has made strides in CMLL over the last few years is the understatement oh, yeah. of the year. It's, it is night and day. We know Stephanie Vaquer is really good, but they're building depth where pre-pandemic, I'll say, uh, the women's match was not the highlight of those shows just weren't back then, but they, some of the women have greatly improved. They have some new talent in and uh, we're seeing some terrific stuff. They put the work in, in the women's division there. And uh, I'm really excited for it. Um, I think it's interesting that we're getting more stardom incorporation into these new Japan shows. Mm -hmm. Now that the management has changed over stardom and we shall see whether this is good or bad for the promotion going in the future. Another tag match is interesting. They're doing one of those uh, 
babyface heel groups. They're called the uh, was it Revalos and Carabas uh, matches. Rocky Romero, El Desperado, and Tiger Mask. So you've got a little bit of babyface, a little bit of Rudo in there against Mascara Dorada, Mistico, the ultimate two babyfaces, and Francesco Akira, who's been doing a lot of uh, Rudo work, but I guess he can be uh, the babyface in this one as well. Or like I said, it's it's mixture of babyface and heel where they are forced to team up together. And uh, that could be uh, interesting stuff. But uh, Akira is good at this stuff. So I, I think this would be a terrific one right there. A little sleeper match there that might be as good as anything else on the card. So that chaos and Hauntai with United Empire and unaffiliated, basically? Yeah, basically so, yeah. That's how it's okay. Like, yeah. It should be fun. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah, I'm like just saying. Exalted, exalted party matches. Well, yeah, you remember when we picked out like Gabe Kidd and Hanare? We're like, oh, wait a minute. You know what? That's probably going to, it's not the yeah. feature match, but it's going to be the best match. Well, of the that that, that was going to slap right there. Hey, this yeah. is going to slap. <laughs> After that, they wrap things up with two nights at Corican Hall. That's Sunday and Monday, February 18th and 19th. And on uh, the 18th, we have a special challenge match between Titan and Briante Jr. And then we have a Black Cat Memorial match. I'll tell you more about that in a second. This is going to be Desperado, Stigma. Mascara Dorada and Mistico against Difunto, Akira, Stuka Jr., and Ultimo Guerrero. So the Black Cat was a Mexican wrestler who spent most of his career in Japan, almost the opposite of Okamura. His name is Victor Mar Manuel. He began in the UWA promotion in 1976. And uh, that, Jeremy, in the mid-70s, UWA was a major, major company. Uh, they have it's since gone out of business. But especially in the 70s, early 80s, UWA, I mean, Mascaras was with that. I believe if you go back far enough, El Santo. But this was a major promotion. And they would work with some of the biggest names in wrestling. Uh, the, you know, Fujinami would go over there. Uh, so would, I think, Inoki even worked for him a couple times. And you don't quote me on that. I should probably have looked that up before I said it. But major, major names would work with the UWA. This was not some small thing in Mexico at the time. It was absolutely a major promotion, just like uh, EMLL, uh, which is what he, this company was before it was CMLL. Uh, anyway, he wrestled there from 1977 to 1981. 1981 was a pivotal year because that was the year Satoru Sayama debuted in New Japan as Tiger Mask and changed the way people looked at junior heavyweight wrestling. And it became the tumbling, flying spectacle that we know and love now. And he needed rivals. Now, they knew enough because he had wrestled in England that two really good opponents for him, and I'm talking about Sayama there, uh, two really good opponents for him were Dynamite Kid, and another one was Mark Rocco. And they uh, he was called Rollerball Rocco in England. Mark now they put, Rollerball Rocco. <laughs> they put him in a black mask and a black suit and called him the original Black Tiger. Well, they didn't call him the original Black Tiger. They just called him Black Tiger. They didn't know he was the original one until later. But he was Black Tiger. Later so, known as the original Black Tiger. <laughs> but Tiger Mask needed more rivals. And what they found was that Victor Mar Manuel uh, worked really well with him. So they made him the Black Cat. So you see how they kind of had to you have Black Tiger, Black ta Cat to counter the Tiger Mask, the colorful uh, good guy. So, they, you know, they're putting like the dark side of him. Uh, he has to fight the dark side of him right there. And he's the, they're the, uh, who's the guy that was, uh, who's the guy that likes the opposite of everything in Superman? Bizarro? 
Yeah, uh, like the Bizarro Tiger Mask. You know, it's like yes. the Tiger Mask were evil. Anyway, he was the Black Cat, and he was another one of Satoru Sayama's early rivals as the original Tiger Mask. So he worked there for a long time. He was in New Japan from 1981 to 2003. So 22 years, really. And and he had a little bit of a swing in 1994 when he went back to Mexico to work for AAA, when AAA was on fire. And they were bringing in people and all that. Uh, the, the AAA in, the, in those days was, was, a, was a very big uh, promotion. And he also did some jobs for WCW in about 1998 or so. But most of that time, he was working as a wrestler and then even did some refereeing late in his career for New Japan. And uh, he did die of a heart attack in 2006 at the age of only 51. But uh, this match uh, is a bit of a tribute to him. So a, a black cat uh, uh, memorial match uh, in this one. So that, that eight-man tag on uh, February 18th in Corican, dedicated to Victor Mar Manuel, who was one of the better junior heavyweight hands in uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling for a long time. Wow. This is what Another... we have you here for. The history lesson of all history lessons. <laughs> the, the other match. I was there. actually impressed. You 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 threw a Superman reference at me there for a second. I'm trying I to keep figured since you were talking about Mark Roller Morocco, you might have gotten British with me for a sec and made a Doctor Who reference where Tiger Mask would have been the Doctor and Black Tiger would have been the Master, and then everyone would have been like, "Wow, you are the biggest effing nerd in the world." Get off my TV. Well, can I can I just confess one thing is I have okay. seen all of four episodes of Doctor Who ever, and one of them is off of BritBox, which is the very first episode of the original black and white one from the 60s, mm. which is pretty good, by the way. You and know, there's a I, lot of episodes of Doctor Who, so you've really just had a drop in the bucket. It's not <laughs> for everybody. And then I watched the, what is it, Christopher Ecclestone, the reboot? Yes. I've seen about four episodes of that. and uh, Yeah, I, that, that was... Uh, that was kind of considered not the best version of Doctor Who in the contemporary times. I understand. So I'm, I understand I'm supposed to get to David you, uh, Tennant, right? And I'm supposed to get to David Tennant, right? My sister keeps telling uh, me David yeah. Tennant. Is David Tennant, Matt Smith. Uh, mm. uh, there's a couple others in there. Uh, okay. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I'm working was, my way. I, I totally way blanked on the next, the old guy and then the lady. <laughs> and then we're back at David Tennant. And then there's actually two doctors now. Nakuti Gatwa and, uh, and David Tennant. It gets very complex. It's all science fiction, timey, wimey, wibbly, wobbly stuff. Uh, <laughs> let's get back to New Japan, which is a lot more grounded in fake reality. <laughs> <laughs> With that in mind, we have a whole bunch of mask guys. <laughs> That's more, much more realistic. Soberano Jr. and Templario, Volador Jr. versus Rocky Romero. So again, this is one of the biggest feuds of 2023 in CMLL that is now being brought. We've seen it before in, in New Japan. In fact, I think it might have been part of Fantastic Mania last year. We might have gotten a little bit of it, but uh, Rocky's fantastic at this. He and Volador are magic together. That'll be a good match there on the 18th. On the 19th, this is Monday, we will have uh, a classic one here, Mistico and Ultimo Guerrero. Now, this is all longtime rivals, two legends of Mexican wrestling facing one another. And then the younger version of that, we have Mascara Dorada and Stuka Jr. underneath that. And uh, that's going to be the 19th. Those are the main two matches on the 19th. And, and the rest of the card will be mixing and matching the rest of the tour in eight-man, six-man tags and, and sometimes just two-on-two, two, that type of thing. But uh, I mean, if you just... look at this, 
the mm-hmm. last card is basically once you get past like okay, the fifth match has Tanahashi in it and Rocky and Desperado and Musashi, but after that, it's all CMLL guys. They're right. just like, all right, CMLL, it's your turn to have the show. <laughs> right. And then usually that ends with everybody in the ring kind of waving to everybody. It's 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 a very different thing than what we normally get from New Japan. It's just a different vibe, different feel. Again, it's supposed to be a lot of fun. It's supposed to be uh, playful. And that's the version of uh, New Japan. It's a nice change of pace for me because after that, we're going to just going to go right back into some very, very heavy stuff. With uh, Because after that comes New Beginning in Sapporo. Well, we got Mascara, Dorada versus Stuka Jr. is the main event on the no. 19th. And then the 23rd, the main event is what? Finley <laughs> and Nick Nemeth? Right. And again, we're, we're <laughs> going to talk what a, about What a shift. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some New Japan adjacent news. And I want to bring this up here since we're talking CMLL. The Blackpool Combat Club is going to Arena Mexico. And of course, we got, we've gotten to know several members of the Blackpool Combat Club from their time in New Japan. And it's going to be Brian Danielson, John Moxley, Claudio and I believe Wheeler, correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, going into the Arena Mexico main event. And we mentioned when Danielson appeared at Wrestle Kingdom that he was knocking items off of his bucket list. That Brian Danielson was trying to go and do all the things he always wanted to do as he begins to wind his career down, or he says he's going to. We'll see. Uh, no one ever really retires. Although I believe Brian Danielson, when he says he wants to, We'll see if he can. It's it's an addictive business, wrestling. Uh, again, I don't think Brian's lying, but I'll be, I'll wait to see if he actually retires. Either way, he is going through a lot of his bucket list right here, and Wrestle Kingdom was one of them. You saw, I hope people went back and saw his reaction to the Zack Sabre match where he just looked like he had had the time of his life. He ended his backstage comments with, what was it, a bless New Japan, I love this place, and walked <laughs> up. And now... His other big thing was he wanted to have a match in Arena Mexico. I think Brian Danielson would have been perfectly content to be one of the guys in a third match on the card trios match to say that he just Mm -hmm. worked in Arena Mexico. Instead, he is main eventing Dos Leyendas. It's their second biggest show of the year. Rolling out the red carpet. (laughs) It's like their SummerSlam. It's like their Dominion, whatever you want to call it. Second biggest show of the year. I guess Royal Rumble is second biggest these days. But point being, only the Anniversario show, the anniversary show, is a bigger deal for CMLL than Dos Leyendas. Uh, Dos Leyendas, two legends, uh, where they uh, pay tribute to the founder of the company, uh, Salvador Luteroth, and then another legend that they, they choose. And uh, this is a huge one. He's main eventing. So he gets to have a big match at the Tokyo Dome. He gets to have that big match against Zack Sabre Jr. He's probably going to be, as long as he's not injured, a huge part of the big show in london and now he's going to get to main event in arena mexico brian danielson living his best life i only wish that we could all just easily check off the bucket list things because we are so awesome at what we do <laughs> what, a, what a life he lives yeah um, i'm happy for him though aren't you i mean th- this is something I that he honestly like, didn't think he was going to do what was it he six years ago he wasn't wrestling at all you know yeah. and you know, I was listening to the Brian and Vinny show, and they're recapping 2019, where he's having a match with 
Kofi for Kofi Mania. And, <laughs> you know, he's wrestling, but it's nothing like what we're seeing now. And it's no. just at the Renaissance. He is wrestling without limitation, but wrestling smart. And we're all just we're all still on for the ride. I'm super stoked for it. So what we're going to do here is, Elisa, short week this week. There's not a whole lot of uh, wrestling to talk about. We were back on Monday. Remember, if you want to hear our breakdown of an amazing and intense uh, new beginning in Osaka show, Make sure you go back and check that out. We didn't like it at all. If you (laughs) want to hear everything about we didn't like about the show, go back (laughs) and check out that episode because you can then argue with us about how wrong we are about our opinions about the show. There's nothing that works better than making people angry on the internet to get (laughs) them to want to talk about something. (laughs) That's right. And if there's two guys who can't stand New Japan Pro Wrestling, it's us by Craig. Oh, man. What a waste of our time. Uh, 91 episodes and counting of time wasters. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's, but you can go back and get that. And I said this one, we're going, we've previewed this coming week. So next week on the show, uh, we're going to be talking about the, uh, we're going to have a lot more content to go over. So we'll talk about the end of the Fantastic Mania tour, and then we will preview what's going to be. An intense couple days in Sapporo. So once again, Jeremy, let's run down what we're going to see in Sapporo uh, very quickly, and then we'll do the full preview next week. On Friday, February 23rd, we will have a Frontier Zone match with uh, Tomoya from DDT and Toru Yano teaming up against Shomakato and Tomoaki Honma. We will have a Chaos versus United Empire 10-man tag in Mm -hmm. Kazuchika Okada's second-to-last New Japan match. We will have LIJ versus just five guys for, by our count, the 907th time. Uh, we will yep. also have the IWGP women's title, Mayu Iwatani, champion against Mina Shirakawa, the challenger. Special challenge match there, Desperado versus Show, where Desperado is putting up the title, and allegedly Show is putting up his uh, affiliation with uh, House of Torture. So we'll, we'll see how that turns out. The never open way title, Shota Umino versus Evil, uh, the Evil the Champion, Shota Challenger. Uh, two more title matches. Matt Riddle challenging Hiroshi Tanahashi for Ooh. the television title. And then the IWGP global title in the main event, Nick Nemeth, the former Dolph Ziggler, challenging David Finlay. And uh, that is Friday, February 23rd. That show is going to be pretty good. <laughs> yes, so too. I think so too. And on the 24th, here's what we have in store for that day. A Frontier Zone match again with Tomoya and Yano, this time against Murashima and Hanma. So the Young Lions getting reps there. We will have Okada's final New Japan match. As a, well, he's already out of contract, but this is his last New Japan match for a while. Uh, in a 10-man tag with UE, it's the official farewell match, so to speak. We will also see uh, another farewell, Tama Tonga coming back for a match with uh, Tangaloa teaming up to face the, uh, not the next generation G.O.D., but their G.O.D. stablemates, Hikaleo and El Fantasmo. So a little G.O.D. on G.O.D. violence there. We will have Yoda Suji and Yuya Uemura in a hair versus hair match as part of a series of singles matches featuring L.I.J. and Just Five Guys. We will We're also coming see- back live because of this match, guys. Yeah. This is the reason we're coming back to do a post-show on, on this one. It's, it's nothing more than their match. <laughs> also seeing Bushi versus Takamichinoku, Hiromu Takahashi versus Doki, uh, Shingo Takagi and Taichi. Interesting to 
note there, of course, remember Taichi is often booked very strong in Sapporo. It's his home area. And so uh, this might be a way uh, to uh, get Taichi over in a big way, or at least it's always a story if he loses in Sapporo. So there you go. And then uh, the world heavyweight title on the line, IWGP World Championship, Tetsuya Naito defending against Sanada. So there you go. That's what we're going to be. wonder what happens there. (laughs) that's what we're going to be previewing and breaking down uh, a week from now but uh yeah jeremy fantastic mania week like i said just kind of a little uh light-hearted romp and uh with that i think we've uh, covered anything else you wanted to cover before we wrap this one up there's one more thing that we did not touch on this past week that was oh please new japan adjacent okay and that was on aew collision right Hmm. before the big show that we had there was a quiet little main event match between Orange Cassidy and Tomohiro Ishii. And mm-hmm. let me tell you, this was exactly what you would think an Orange Cassidy versus Tomohiro Ishii match would be. There was the comedy spots in the beginning where Ishii was not putting up with any of OC's crap until the point they got him in the corner and beat him mercilessly. And then once <laughs> they got through some of the comedy, we got some of the great stuff, drop kicks, beach breaks, punches, Vertical Brain Busters, the whole deal. Everything that you would think it would happen in a match, they picked it up. Uh, We got all the way through and tried to beat him with an orange punch, but ended up having to, Cassidy, get him with an inside cradle to beat Tomohiro Ishii in the match. And then, you know, post-match angles galore. But for the main event match, a tremendous little uh, palate-cleansing Ishii match against one of the most talented wrestlers on the AEW roster, Orange Cassidy. I also saw that uh, Minoru Suzuki is uh, basically looking for bookings internationally. He just posted an email address uh, to get in touch with if you wanted to book uh, Minoru Suzuki. So I think we're going to be seeing perhaps less of him touring with New Japan and spending more time going around the world. He's always he's always had that deal where he can do other things, but it looks like that's what he's really focusing on. And it uh, we're may probably end be up being that. that with the rebuild. New Japan may be looking to spend their money a little more frugally. And mm-hmm. he he may not be uh, expensive, but he's also not cheap. And if yeah. they can get their money worth elsewhere, they're going to. Yeah, no, I think that's a fair point. And, uh, and just for him, we've seen him do matches on a bullet train. We've seen him do matches sure. in playgrounds. And, the, you know, he's he is sort of going through his uh, going through his late career thing of just knocking off like you know what? I never tried that before. I'll try it now. That type of thing. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do my match on a bullet train. <laughs> I'm going to do my match and it's floating in the pool. <laughs> yeah, but just knocking some things off the list. Not, not necessarily that he always dreamed of doing it, but he, I, I think it, you can probably catch his attention if you give him something he's never done before. Yeah, if he's and I think that, in it, he's, he's yeah. game. Yeah, yeah, and it's something he couldn't do when he was under full contract with either All Japan, New Japan, or whoever else. And, and uh, late in his career, I think he's just uh, taking the opportunity to have a little fun. Why not? Absolutely. All, All right. right. That's it for me. That's it for us here. So uh, don't forget about the other shows on the, the Fight Game Media Network. Power Bombshells will be back on Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern. We've got Dynamite Show after Dynamite. Go figure. That's when I'd have it, too, if I could. Uh, we have The Wrap and all those other things uh, covering uh, the run-up to WrestleMania. we got it covered. You can't watch everything. It's impossible. Uh, but with Fight Game Media, we can give you the gist of everything you need to know to keep up with this wonderful industry we call pro wrestling. Like, subscribe, share, uh, all the things. I personally want to say we had a fantastic week of interaction 
and people yeah. checking out our show the last couple, the last week with everything. Thank you for that. And uh, we hope that more people check out our show. And thank you if you're checking out for the first time. Yeah, we definitely appreciate it. And with that, we're going to wrap it up for Speaking of Strong Style this week. For Jeremy Feinstone, I'm Stephen Conway. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. And we will talk to you again real soon.